Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. I bet if you're a Twins fan, you are believing on this Thursday. If you're a Phillies fan, you better be believing they are a different animal this year than they were this time last year, taking people and teams by surprise. Not anymore. Flexing their muscles, roaring up a storm, and now getting ready to take all that momentum into a series against the Atlanta Braves again. We are down to... The eight teams, one of whom will win the World Series in 2023. We've got a poll up. Which of the division series are you most jazzed up about? Jazzins! Spirit Fingers! (laughs) Oh, why are we so corny? Anyway, there's a bowl up. It, it just ignore us and all of our strangeness and what amuses us and what does, what does not. But uh, you can find the poll on Twitter, A-Law Radio, on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, because we've got a couple of days to figure it out. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. As a fan, this feels all wrong. Now, let me give you a little context here. For the second time in two years, almost all of the wild card series have gone two games and out. All right, so baseball changes format. These are now best of three. They start on Tuesday. They hit Wednesday. They're supposed to go into Thursday. Friday's a travel day now. It used to be actually a a day in which the first Friday of the Major League Baseball playoffs used to be all four series. Boom. We'd have the two wild cards and then right into the division series. It's not that way anymore. Baseball has incorporated Friday as a travel day. And Friday's not a great TV watching day. I mean, that's just a trend that we... Uh, We've had established here in the United States forever. We don't sit around and watch a lot of TV on Fridays. However, I bet if the NFL played on Fridays, people would watch it. (laughs) Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So because there are no playoff series that need a game three, no wild card series that require a winner take all, there's no games today. There's no games tomorrow. They start in Fuego on Saturday with the four series all launching in the openers. 
it's weird at the beginning of October to go two days with no baseball playoffs. But last year, only one of the series went to a third game. That was Mets and Padres. This year, none of them. So in this newish format, seven of the eight series have ended in two-game sweeps. I don't even like using that. You, you, what, you just won back-to-back game sweeps. I'll give you a sweep. A sweep right in your face. Oh, listen to me with the tough talk. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Good morning to you. Happy Thursday. Happy almost Friday. Is it too early, Jay? Is it too early to say happy almost Friday? We're, we're close. We're close. All right. So we're not quite yet in the window where we can, where it feels effective. Not yet. Right? Because to say it now, really, we still have so much ground to cover. I've got yard work to do. We've got another show plus. We've got week five prep. We got a game tonight. All right. So it's I'm I'm jumping the gun a little bit. At least I didn't send you a text yesterday evening oh, that said, man. Happy almost Friday. I've done that. I'll never forget that. I did. I I was convinced it was Thursday. You got me convinced. And too. it was only Wednesday. Rude awakening. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> So coming up in 30 minutes, our friend John Kincaid from 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia, because he's a fanatic, and he's taught me all about the beauty and the value of uncomfortable radio. (laughs) No one does it better. Uh, We've been friends for years, and I'm always so thrilled to have him on the show. So he's getting set for his morning show. He'll join us coming up in a half hour. We'll talk about Philly. So let's see. Phillies advance to take on the Braves. Watch out. That's going to be fun. Uh, And the Phillies have won six consecutive series openers. If they take the series opener in Atlanta, oh, man. I'm telling you, earth shaking. We shall see. Braves better take care of business and remind the Phillies how they didn't sniff the division title. That's their best way is to have the same atmosphere at Truist Park that the Phillies fans created at the bank and show the Phillies that there was a huge disparity between these two teams. Except Trey Turner wasn't hitting for the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the season. Is that too strong? It felt like about two-thirds of the season. Now they're locked in, and they're comfortable. Speaking of uncomfortable radio, the Phillies are comfortable being uncomfortable. They're comfortable in a pressure cooker, in an air fryer. They're comfortable in the air fryer. Anyway, so Phillies and Braves is one of those series. What about Rangers-Orioles? I'm telling you, the Texas Rangers, they have fully recovered from what to them felt like a devastating finish to the end of the regular season, right? They were in Seattle. They had a chance to clinch the AL West. Instead, they dropped three of four to the Mariners, who just missed the playoffs. They lost four of six to finish the season, and they limp into a wild card series against Tampa. Turns out, this was exactly what the Rangers needed. Back comes Eflin. That's swung on, and that's lifted high in the air to deep left field. Arena is back, and that ball is history. Arena didn't even really turn and look. He backpedaled a few feet, and that one went soaring out of here. Adolis Garcia puts the Rangers in front, one to nothing in the fourth. Now two outs, Carter the batter with the runner at third. And that one is swung on and hit deep to right. Way back there. That ball is history. The kid has done it again. Evan Carter with a laser two-run homer. The Rangers lead four to nothing. And the pitch swung on and missed. He struck him out on a fastball. 
showed him slow stuff on the first two pitches and fanned him on a fastball. That's seven strikeouts in four innings for Nate, and that is a shutdown inning. Oh, this was an overwhelming series win, a sweep against the Rays. The Rays had nothing, nothing for Jordan Montgomery, nothing for Nathan Evaldo, who has eight strikeouts, allows just a one run in the seven innings. And that one run is the only run the Rays managed in this game. And it wasn't as though they were stranding ducks on the pond all game. They actually only had five runners or five opportunities with runners in scoring position managed to come through one time. Eric Nadell with the calls on Rangers radio. And yeah, it was a tough way to finish up the regular season, but honestly, my opinion, this may have been a better road for the Rangers as opposed to going right into a division series where they're not playing well, where they feel like they've gotten punched in the gut or punched in the face or thrown under the bus or whatever. Pick your own analogy. This helps them to get their swagger back. We lost a tough one there in Seattle, but they came back here with the right attitude, got refocused, got the day off. Uh, had a chance to reset, and we couldn't have played two better games than what we did here. I couldn't be prouder of these guys right now. It was just a little bit longer road than we expected um, and wanted, but, you know, hey, we're there now, and uh, we're ready to get after it. That's Evan Carter, the left fielder who in the nine hole, he's in the nine hole, right? He had another uh, two-hit game. This time it was a two-run home run, uh, maybe – Mm, maybe it's just the one hit, but anyway, he had multiple hits in the series in the nine spot and provided uh, the big blast for the Rangers. So they move on to take on the, the uh, Orioles. Meanwhile, the Rays, same division there, 99 wins in the regular season. Wah, wah, wah. And again, managed just one run. So this is a tough way for Kevin Cash and his race to exit. We are who we are. And we finished the way with that, uh, the regular season with the guys that we had, I still feel that w- we could have had a better showing with the roster that we had. The guys that we had out there were able to do better than what we did today. Um, we'd like to continue playing, but I can't put my finger on one specific thing that why we've been eliminated pretty quickly. They jumped me from the beginning. Um, they pretty much almost led every offensive stat throughout the entire uh, entire season. Um, so it sucks. You guys caught me at a bad time. We've already, you know, kind of said our goodbyes and stuff. So this isn't easy. Um, we didn't expect to be out right now. Um, we've had a lot of injuries this year, and you know, I was extremely proud of the way everybody's played, all the young guys, and um, the passion that they played with, and the way that we've thrown the ball, the way that we've played defense and, and offense, obviously. But you know, there's there's no easy way to say it sucks. Zach Eflin, and he kind of got a taste of that Rangers lineup and how how much they can get into this mode where it seems like everyone's hitting. The, the hitting is contagious. And if you look up and down their lineup from the second game, and you could look at the first game too, but the second game, every single starter had at least one hit. So they were all over Eflin and able to chase him to the tune of five runs on eight hits, but you know what? The Rays defense bears some responsibility to five errors in these two games. And you can't help but wonder whether or not the early start time and the smaller crowds there at Tropicana field made a difference. I, of course, that's a question we're not going to know. It's maybe a chicken and egg thing where baseball knew that the, the, 
knew that the Rays fans weren't likely going to show up, maybe weren't going to sell out. In fact, they probably knew it wasn't anywhere close to a sellout, right? The, the tickets don't go on sale until Sunday. So baseball would have had some idea. And so they decided to, to use the Rays and the Rangers to fall on the sword and put them in that early window. You can't say that it's all about the early start time, though, because the fans showed up at Target Field like it was the last baseball game on the planet, like we'd never see baseball again. Or in the case of the Twins, it had just been too long since they'd seen winning playoff baseball. And here it comes. There's a line drive. Base hit in the left center field. Lewis scores. They're going to hold up Kepler as the ball gets thrown in. So everybody's going to advance one. Twins on the board. One nothing. There's that guy again, Carlos Correa. I'm sure even if, even though he's no longer with the Houston Astros, if you hate Houston for that whole 2017 trash can banging mess, well, then you're not psyched to see him come through for another team. He's had a rough season. Offensively, worst season of his career. But he brings the defense, he brings the wisdom, he brings the experience of having played with the Astros for those seven seasons and winning the World Series in 17, and also just has the moxie to call for a pickoff move in the fifth inning with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And he talks about how he kind of ready for the fact that that this was an opportunity with Vlad and that he wanted them to kind of go big or go home, if you will. Talked to Sonny earlier in the game, and I, I told him there were some free outs on the bases. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're taking big leads. And uh, if you look at me, I'll give you a sign. And in key spots, we can get some outs there. Um, it felt like the right situation to do it, 3-2 count. Vladdy was getting a huge lead. Obviously, he's trying to score on a single. Bichette, you know, he's a pure hitter. Um, knows how to hit the ball the other way. Knows how to find holes. Um, always... Pretty much leading the league in hits, and I felt like that was the right spot to do it, and I gave him the sign, and we executed it. Yeah, so the leadership, the defense, all of that still there for Carlos, and then coming through with the big RBI single. And the Twins, they need all of that, right? Because this particular group, they don't have anything to do. Well, they don't have a lot to do with that streak that ended with their first victory against the Blue Jays. Um, that's It's not the same not the same twins. We're not talking Tory Hunter. We're not talking, gosh, the Joe Maurer era. We're not talking about that group. This is different. But they they did bear that history for 19 years. Finally ended that streak. But hadn't won a playoff series as a franchise in more than two decades. And so like the, the Buffalo Bills going back a few years ago, like the Seattle Mariners last season, um, some of the other teams that end long playoff droughts, it's been really cool to see. Uh, this was the joy of these current twins and the crazy fans at Target Field. Twins two, Blue Jays nothing, ninth inning. The 0-2. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. to Varshow. He's fucking out! Twins win! Twins win! The Minnesota Twins are moving on! Wow. The Twins win their first postseason series in more than 20 years! 2-0 shutting out the Blue Jays. The celebration is underway as the players hug and begin the celebration around the pitcher's mound. The bullpen guys, they want in. Twins territory, wherever you are right now, you will not forget this moment. <laughs> the postseason losing streak, that ended yesterday. And tonight... When was the last time the Twins won a postseason series? Well, you know what? That's history, too. Like everything you imagine that it, that it feels like. It's, uh, it's elation. You're, I feed off of the, all the energy of all of our guys because our guys bring it every day on the field, and they can celebrate, too. That feeling, watching them, watching them go at it, I mean, it's, 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 one of the, it's one of the best feelings in the world because we work our whole lives to get to moments like this just to have a chance, and uh, we took advantage of our, of our chance. Mm, congratulations to Rocco Baldelli and the Twins, and man, the noise behind Corey Provis on that final call from Target Field is incredible. So yeah, you've got two AL East teams that are out already uh, of the three that made the playoffs. And so with the Orioles hosting the Rangers, we'll see if they can hold it down for that division. But the division series, man, you you can see a lot of different ways these might play out. Uh, The Astros still have to be a team to beat in the American League, the team to beat in the American League because of their experience, because they added Justin Verlander again at the tr- <laughs> That's crazy, right? They add Justin Verlander again at the trade deadline. Uh, but just everything they bring to the table, plus the Minute Maid Park, that atmosphere is also raucous against the Twins. Uh, is it that series? Maybe it's Rangers, Orioles, uh, Baltimore with an incredible regular season, a cool turnaround. In fact, maybe following the footprint similarly of what the Astros did a few years ago in building through the farm system and using a lot of good, young, electric talent. Or in the National League, oh, hey, Phillies and Braves. Nice to see you again. Ooh, I love that it's snap, crackle, pop. Just going to be so much angst there among the fans, but also the familiarity that breeds contempt. You know, the phrase, I love to use this about the NFL. They don't, they don't listen to me when I say them to them, we can never miss you if you don't go away. Well, that's kind of the way it is among division rivals, right? In Major League Baseball, you face each other so many times. What, you again? We can never miss you if you don't go away. So, so it should be spicy.
in Atlanta uh, with a little bit of those shades of what happened last year. And then Arizona and L.A. The last time Arizona won a playoff series, they had the right to face the Dodgers and got swept, promptly got swept. So can the upstart Diamondbacks give a little something-something to the Dodgers in the NL West? Four series. Which one? Uh, floats your boat the most which one has got you most jazzed up you can find the poll on twitter after our cbs or on our facebook page we also start week five tonight in the nfl that's nuts how do we get to week five did i miss weeks one through four (laughs) i know i did not because i've been here but week five and i'll be honest it's a weird it's it's an odd matchup of strange bedfellows on on amazon prime thursday night But there are storylines. For instance, the Commanders, have they found something with Sam Howell? Blah, blah, blah. Staying competitive in the NFC Beast. With the Bears, Matt Eberflus, are you hearing what people are saying about you? So a little bit of look ahead to week five in the NFL. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm fired up about that. I am. I love Ron. If I could pick a head coach to have on the air and it couldn't be Mike Tomlin or Dan Campbell, it would be Ron Rivera. He's great. Like, legit great. Uh, I also wanted to work in a little more basketball. We'll try to throw it in at the end there because uh, coming up in now 20 minutes, we'll welcome John Kincaid, and I want to ask him about this whole James Harden mess. When is it ever not a mess with James Harden? And that's not a rhetorical question. When was the last time it wasn't a mess with James Harden? Have you ever noticed, so in, in a lot of times in dating relationships or a, a person who goes through a series of foiled relationships, at some point or some juncture, the question becomes, well, what's the common denominator? Okay, it's me. Am I picking poorly? Am I the problem? Oh, do you think James Harden's had that revelation yet? Is, is it me? Am I the problem? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The guy's a a Hall of Famer. Stop it! You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Firing for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Touchdown! Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown! One man to beat 10. He's gone! They throw in the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom steps center salting into the end zone. Touchdown! The people have spoken, and one score stands above the rest. Here is your TD of the week. The Buffalo Bills. Play action pass. As time, throws to the left sideline, complete to Diggs, but there's a flag trying to spin away from the tacklers, and he does! 35-30, headed to the end zone! Touchdown, Stefan Diggs! There is a flag, we'll see if it's coming back. Otherwise, can you dig it? We had talked about it during the week, um, you know, trying to capitalize. Uh, I feel like, you know, in a game, things show up kind of a little different, so being on the same page with Josh is crucial, especially in those moments in the red zone. So capitalizing in the red zone has been a big thing for us, uh, as Mitch knows. So, uh, you know, I try not to make it more than what it was, but it's cool there. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns with Josh Allen. What a connection. One of the most dynamic duos in all of football. And, boy, were they showing off against the Dolphins in week four. Now, this is the game you all chose 
as your game of the week, and you picked his 55-yard scamper in which he spun not once but twice to shed tacklers on the sidelines as your TD of the week. The call there with Chris Brown on Bill's radio. And, yeah, they were tremendous in the red zone. They were tremendous all day, both offense and defense. So is this the big, bad Buffalo Bills? Can they continue forward playing like that? Because when they play as well as they did on both sides of the ball against the Dolphins, they're one of the best teams in the league. So just like the Chiefs, they started out with losses in their openers. Remember, the Bills lost to the Jets in OT, but they've both won three in a row. Dolphins take their first loss, so now no teams in the AFC are undefeated, but we do have four teams that are three and one. Everybody else is thick, right? It's a, it's a They're all bloated. The AFC's bloated around the middle. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Now thinking about the... NFC, that's where we start, week five. Week five, what, what, what? Uh, The Vikings just got their first win last week. Had to rally against the Panthers. Did that game go into overtime? I can't remember. (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think it went into overtime. I'll have to check my notes. Uh, But the Vikings were able to get their first win at the expense of the Panthers, one of the remaining winless teams Now it's the other winless team, the Chicago Bears, who will take on the Washington Commanders. Now remember, the Bears had a 21-point lead against the Broncos last week. They spit the bit. They lost in overtime, uh, and that was definitely – no, that wasn't in overtime either. Stop saying that, Amy. That wasn't in overtime either. There were overtime games, I swear. (laughs) It's a Thursday morning. Happy almost Friday. I know it's too early. Anyway, the Bears coughed up the lead. They lost to the Broncos in Chicago, and the heat has been turned up underneath Matt Eberflus and his coaching staff. I've been doing this 32 years, right? So I, I understand the business, but I understand that to do it right, you got to focus on your job, and you got to focus right here, right now. So you can think about a lot of different things that's going to do nobody good, and uh, you focus on your job where your feet are right now. And that's my full, uh, sole focus is on Washington. Yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do any differently in the NFL. You really can't because there's no job security. It's a volatile business, not just for the players, but for the coaches too. And so I appreciate that that's where he has to focus. And the commanders and the Eagles played one of the best games of the week last Sunday. Really impressive to see how the the commanders went toe-to-toe with the Eagles and forced them uh, into a situation where, oh, they were in overtime. See, I finally got it right. It was Commanders, Eagles, it was Rams and Colts that went into overtime. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So we've got Commanders, who are 2-2, two and two, and the Bears to start out this weekend. I doubt that would be your game of the week pick, even if it was allowed in the poll. You know, we only do the, the Sunday-Monday games in our poll, so we'll have that for you in 24 hours. But I dare say, a few people anyway, will be looking the direction of the Cowboys and the Niners. A rematch of that playoff game, right, that was in the divisional round last year, also taking place in Santa Clara. The Niners... They're one of the undefeateds. They have played the best football of any team in the league to this point. I thought it was a perfect opportunity for Jerry Jones to express some confidence in his team, but he took it a step further this week on our Dallas affiliate, 105.3 The Fan. They are right now uh, probably the uh, most likely team to uh, go in the Super Bowl. 
And uh, but in order for them to get there, they've got to go by us, uh, hopefully two times, uh, if that's the way it falls in the playoffs. And we're in the playoffs. So he wasn't saying initially this was quoted as, and it felt to me like clickbait. Initially, I saw the quote of Jerry Jones says the road to the Super Bowl goes through Dallas, meaning like the actual city of Dallas where they play in Arlington, AT&T Stadium, but it had to go through the Dallas Metro. When you hear it, you realize he's just saying they're going to have to get by us. They're going to have to play us hopefully twice meaning now as well as in the postseason in order to get back to where they want to be, right? So, and and the Niners have, it's not quite as long a streak, but the Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in a long time either. They were there against the rate, well, they were there obviously against the Chiefs and had the 10-point lead, right? And then ended up losing in overtime, not in overtime, sorry, in the fourth quarter they lost that lead. They were there against the Ravens in 13. That was the Colin Kaepernick start in the Super Bowl. So they've had opportunities with different coaches and different quarterbacks. They just haven't been able to capitalize. Here are the Cowboys who want to give them a little something-something. So this is kind of fun for Sunday Night Football. I dare say this will end up being our game of the week. All right, coming up next, I guess we will listen together to Daryl Morey talk about the James Harden situation with our friend John Kincaid so we can get to our break on time from 97.5 The Fanatic morning host, longtime friend, longtime ally, longtime colleague, and uh, also longtime Philly guy, even when he was in Atlanta. It, it makes perfect sense to me and to him. We'll explain. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Lefty on lefty, the infield is in, and the pitch to Bryson. Fastball hit in the air, deep to right field, going back is Sanchez. He's going to just watch it go! A grand slam for Bryson Stott! He has lifted the roof off the building! And the Phillies have opened it up, they're on top seven to nothing! This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I thought that Citizens Bank Park might spontaneously combust. Man, what an atmosphere there in Philadelphia. The big blow for Bryson Stott, spiked bat and all. Who cares? You don't want a bat spiked in your face. Well, then don't give up a grand slam in a playoff game. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. The call there on Phillies Radio. And we're excited to welcome our friend, morning radio host, John Kincaid from 97.5 The Fanatic, who, just by way of explanation, spent years in Atlanta. How many years, John? 26. 26. That's a little more, little more than a soldier. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 26. That is, uh, that, is, that is more than a generation. That is true. So 26 years in Atlanta, but always a Philly guy. And now yeah, is grew up here. back there in Philadelphia. So before we talk about any of the sports, you know, you're a radio guy. We speak the same language. You know what sure. hard out means. We're in a, a segment with a hard out. So I want to start with what I consider to be the most important thing. How are you feeling? I am uh, in the midst of treatment number nine <gasps> of my 12, of my 12 uh, round chemo treatments. I have to do double chemo because of my history and because of the aggressiveness of the cancer that I had in my colon. Uh, I would suggest every guy that if you could get a colon, if you get a colonoscopy, I had a clean colonoscopy at, uh, at 50, perfectly clean, and I had cancer, uh, you know, colonoscopy at 57. Mm. And I was years away from my next scheduled colonoscopy. So everybody, 
Um, if you can do it, it's worth it. If you can find a way to get your doctor to make sure you get it, uh, I would suggest every five years is just what, what, what I would suggest. But I'm in ninth treatment. It's really hard, Amy. I'll be honest with you. Um, The mental fog is terrible. Uh, The uh, physical fatigue is terrible. But everything else, I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I want my hair back, though. Like Samson. Like my hair is not falling out totally, but it's falling out in places. Mm. So I shave it. I've shaved it down. And uh, but I want my hair back. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, How much? But I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And 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 the doctors tell me I'm doing great. Good. Good. Tell me I'm doing great, so that's where I'm at. That's awesome. How much joy do you still find in working, whether it's it's good Philly sports time or it's not, just the being able to continue oh doing God. the show? It is. And and honestly, though, as I go home, I get done my morning show. I, I'm home usually by like 11, 30, 12 o'clock. I will sleep for like three, three and a half hours, uh, get up, start planning tomorrow's show, <laughs> have dinner, watch General Hospital, of course, and then, um, and then find a way to get to bed um, after, uh, you know, maybe even take another small nap so I can stay up and watch, like, like Red October or whatever yeah. it is right now we've got going on. I love the fact that not even chemo can keep you from General Hospital. That's no, I mean, I mean I've, I've, seen, I've seen people make miracle recoveries in Port Charles. So I'm thinking <laughs> I can do that, too. And I'm checking out Genoa City, too, so I'm young and the rest of the food. This is giving me oh a little time. A lot, of, a lot of time on the couch. It's driving me crazy, but I have 43 days left, and I'm doing it, and I thank you for it. Amazing. There is only one acceptable outcome. I got That you. is. That's our family motto, and, we, and we're very, very excited for it. John Kincaid with us from Philadelphia, getting set for his morning show, mentions the hunt for Red October. Why is this Phillies team different than a year ago? They're better. Uh, the bullpen's better. Trey Turner added to that lineup, makes them better. Uh, they have last year's experience to build off of, where last year they sent a bunch of kids to the postseason, like Bryson Stott, like Alec Bohm, uh, like Brandon Marsh. Uh, they just, there's just experience on their side now. And those guys parlayed last year's playoff experience into a great regular season, elevating their game, Bohm, Stott, and everything, becoming cornerstones of the franchise moving forward. And to now take that playoff, they're, not, they're a very poised team. And the veterans make it very loose. So they don't feel that, that playoff pressure, the tight sphincter, uh, going out there and playing <laughs> games. And so I think that it really helps them. They have a lot of fun together. I've never seen a veteran group in baseball, Amy, that takes the youngsters under wing the way this group did. Ever. In my entire career. And I don't go into, I go into baseball clubhouses usually like 10 times a year for a team that I cover you know, in town, maybe 12, go to batting practice, talk to some players, talk to some coaches and everything. I've never seen anything like the last couple of years, though, the way the veterans on this team, and it really it's a lot of Schwarber, a lot of Harper, mm-hmm. that they put their arms around young players and, and support them and don't, don't relegate them to, hey, rookie, shut your mouth, be quiet. They let, these, they let these kids have a personality and everything and express themselves, and it's a lot of fun to watch. They're a fun team to watch. Okay, so then this might be a tougher question. I know they had an injured Bryce Harper at the beginning, but why didn't they mount a challenge for the Braves in the East? Well, I think not having, not having Harper for two-plus two months uh, really sort of kept it from being more cosmetically close. But I don't think they're as good built for 162 as the Braves are. And the, the, the problem for the Braves is that they're not asking them now to play 162. Last Tuesday, everybody's record was 0-0. Zero and it goes into a five-game series. I think the Phillies and, and many of the experts have, you know, the experts, the insiders in baseball talked about <laughs> teams that are built for October. I think this team's built for October. They've got sluggers. They have guys who have shown on a big stage that they have complete confidence in themselves. 
I mean, when you talk about Harper and Schwarber alone, those two right there have done a great job. And I think they lift others. Uh, I think they're guys who lift other players. And, um, it's, and Rob Thompson is just, he, he's done a, he's done a nice job. He pushes the right buttons and this team believes in him. And, and it's going to be another problem. It's another problem for the Braves. It really is. I think that the, the, the Braves, the little, little known too, the Phillies got to the Braves closer, Iglesias, twice in the last series of the year. They beat him. They, they, he had blown saves against the Phillies. Phillies won the season series in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, four to three. And they got to their closer and made him blow two saves at the end of the year. To me, that means something, like in the head, that they're going to have that confidence that that was just a couple weeks ago. They managed to get him, and, and it's just a, it, it, might be a, it might just be that the two teams, it's a good matchup, Amy. It's a good matchup for the Phillies. They play well. And if that series, and I'll tell you right now, if the series is split, leaving Atlanta, it won't go back. Well, and that's huge because the Phillies have won six consecutive series openers, which is big because they put their stamp on it right away. It's what they did to Atlanta last year. So what what would you like to see with the pitching staff? Because as I understand, we don't have a game one starter yet. I think we do. Uh, I think if, if it's, I would, I would make a very educated guess that it's going to be Ranger Suarez who, by, who started game one last year. Now he only went at the time he was a youngster, only went three and two thirds. But the Phillies' offense jumped out and carried them. Now, tomorrow, Spencer Strider, I mean, on Saturday, Spencer Strider is an entirely different animal. Yes. Uh, he is, he's somebody who has dominated the Phillies. In fact, I'm very concerned that it's going to have to be Zach Wheeler in game two that goes out there against, hopefully, for the, for the Braves fans, Max Freed is ready to go and uh, at, at what they expect. Because I think Wheeler it may be in a position where he's got to win game two on Monday night in order to send this series back to Philadelphia tied 1-1. Because Spencer Strider, it, you know, Philly fans can talk, have all the bravado in the world that we want to have, and we have plenty of it. But uh, <laughs> Spencer Strider has dominated them. He has taken their lunch money, he has given them the atomic wedgie, and he has kissed their girlfriend. But last year in the all postseason, right. <laughs> they got to him. Last year they got to him in the postseason. That's the only time they've made Spencer Strider look anything even human. So it's a huge advantage for the Braves. If they don't get game one, the series may be over in three. Okay, John. In the Phillies' Kin- favor. Yes, John Kincaid with us from 97.5 The Fanatic, getting set to do his morning show in Philadelphia. Sure. And uh, I'll be juiced up, can you tell? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, not uh, at all. John taught me the value on comfortable radio, which I think is so yes. much fun, which is why he doesn't mind talking about atomic wedgies and kissing other people's girlfriends. Okay. Uh. <laughs> It's no, it gets uncomfortable at times. It does. No, it's fun that way. I talk about uh, being a bully on the playground sometimes. That's an analogy I use. Knocking a kid crazy. over and stealing his lunch money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it prepared you for being in the industry that you joined. <laughs> where, and when you joined the industry, if a woman didn't knock somebody over and uh, and stand up for herself, she didn't get ahead in this business. But thankfully, now we have a lot of folks like you and Maggie yeah. and everything representing representing women in our industry. Sandra Golden in Atlanta, one of my favorites. Yes. Like I love it. Ray Hughes in Philly. Uh, we have so many women now who are prominent in our field because of the fact that you guys knocked a few people over on the lunch chart and didn't back down. Well, didn't back down. And we've, known each other for, we've known each other for a generation ourselves. We have. So, I mean, it's the way it works. Yes, thank you. John's always been an ally. All right, we're going to transition here. Uh, Eagles 4-0, but haven't played their best football, at least in my opinion. What do no, they still they need to do to step up? Uh, well, they need to. They have two new coordinators, and that's the big thing. Is that last year they had two second-year coordinators 
coming into their own that had already bumped their bumped their knees and everything like that and made their errors in their first year. Right now, you got Sean Desai running the uh, defense, and you have uh, Brian Johnson running the offense, and they're having growing pains. And I'm not talking the Kirk Cameron, Alan Thick version. <laughs> I mean, it is not a. Uh, it is. I'll sing the song for it if you want. Uh, they have. Uh, they are. They're going through growing pains. They're. They're. I think the speed of the game seems to be a little much for Brian Johnson right now uh, on calling offensive plays. I think that'll work out. But what I love about this team is that unlike the Bills, unlike the Cowboys, unlike all these other you know glamour teams that people talk about, the Eagles can not play their best and win. When those teams don't play their best, they lose. And I think that's the difference. And Nick Sirianni has done a spectacular job. Run the ball, stop the run. That's a formula that they have used for sure. sure. And the passing game went nuts last week. So they're starting to get the passing game going. Once that happens, I think the Eagles are going to steamroll through people. And it's just going to be a matter of can they beat the 49ers out and can they beat the Cowboys out. And I think those are the only two threats in the NFC. Strong words from our friend, John. Okay, so we're going to transition quickly. Two minutes to go before our heart out. Uh, This is what Nick Nurse has to say about the 76ers with or without James Harden. I don't think it's been much of a distraction at all so far. We've worked very hard thinking about this team the way it is now. And I think, again, we'll, um, if that changes in any way, whether it's with James or with other guys coming in, we'll, we'll make the adjustments, hopefully, as, as need be. All right, so John Kincaid, are the Sixers better with or without James Harden? They're better with Harden, but that's not saying anything because they're not good enough with Harden. So, I mean, they're not good enough to beat Boston. They're not good enough to beat Milwaukee. Uh, there is a potential that they then fall into the malaise of being with the Clevelands and the Knicks and everything like that in the middle of the Eastern Conference where you can, you can win 50 games, you can go out there, but you're not going to win, in, Mar- you're not gonna win in, uh, in May. You're not going to be able to win a second-round series. The, the Sixers aren't good enough, and James Harden is a distraction, and he's a clown. He's a clown. His mm-hmm. antics are childish. His antics are totally self-involved. And honestly, I'll be glad when he's gone from the franchise but they're definitely better with him. His talent, they're definitely better with him. So all can be forgiven with a quick hug? No, no. I, I think the fans are tired of him, honestly. I don't think it's going to go the way James wants it to go. But James just wants it to go to the next strip club. That's really where he's, that's where he's looking at. He's See what I mean? Uncomfortable club. radio. Yep. This is what I'm that's talking what about. What can yes. I say? He right. wants to be paid in ones at his next stop. Oh, okay, enough. All right, Amy, <laughs> I love you. Take care, all right? Get all that right, heart John. out. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time this morning. (laughs) I told you. There's nothing that John Kincaid won't say. Even though he is a family man, I love him dearly. He is all about dropping the one-liners that make you a little bit uncomfortable. By the way, if you have not checked out John's Twitter, please do it. And scroll down a little bit on his page. I just did this. At John Kincaid, K-I-N-C-A-D-E. Because he's got a photo of his, Jay, are you ready for this? Kincaid. Kincave, oh, not man. man cave, but the Kincave, and it is amazing. It's got backlighting. But do, need I say more? His setup with his TV and the surround sound. There's a giant K up top. It's got backlighting, so his hunt for Red October is backlit in his Kincave. So check that out on his Twitter. On our Twitter, you can vote for the NLDS ALDS series that most floats your boat in your. Kin Cave. <laughs> it's on Twitter, A Law Radio. We'll talk to you tonight after game football game. CBS Sports Radio. Boom! 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.